You're listening. You're listening to a University of Kentucky. University of Kentucky. College of Arts and Sciences podcast. Maps of the ancient Roman Empire may soon have a new city on them. UK archaeologists George Crothers and Paolo Vizzona returned from northern Italy this summer with data that indicates the presence of a lost Roman settlement, half the size of Pompeii. Though written about in antiquity, the features of the ancient city have only recently come to light, with the assistance of magnetic and radar images taken by Crothers and his team. In this podcast, Crothers and Vizzona share their findings. Um, I'm George Crothers, an Associate Professor of Anthropology at the University of Kentucky. And I'm Paolo Vizana, I'm an Associate Professor Adjunct in the School of Art and Visual Studies, also at the University of Kentucky. We've known each other for three or four years. Uh, we have been involved uh, in a similar project in southern Italy. Even before then, uh, I have been researching a completely different site, uh, um, not far from my hometown, since I'm, I'm a native of northern Italy, and uh, I got George involved with this project uh, because George uh, had uh, the background to do the type of research that fitted the characteristics of this new site, which had never been previously investigated, uh, at least to, to the extent that we wanted to. Yeah, and so my involvement was um, to use some geophysical techniques geophysical instruments to find out what we could about um, buried architecture and buried features at this site. It had not been excavated. Uh, geophysical techniques are one way to look at the ground, below ground, without uh, disturbing it. And the two techniques we used in uh, this Roman site, the Veneto, was uh, magnetometry, which measures um, variations in the magnetic intensity uh, of items or objects or features buried in the ground, and also ground penetrating radar, which induces uh, radar waves into the ground and reads the reflections. And so those two, it's always good to use two instruments in a study like this because they they will complement each other. It's a, it's a pretty simple process to set up and take, collect the data. And another set of problems to process the data because there can be lots of errors and it takes the archaeologist to finally make the interpretation. So whereas Paulo's worked on other uh, Roman sites and has a sense of what kind of architecture we might expect, and then that's instrumental interpreting what we see. So what sorts of things did you find using this um, Im- imaging technique? The results indicated that we were working in a, a plowed field, a farm field that was um, had been cultivated for many years, and so there was known to be a scatter of roof tile, uh, mosaic, tiles, some other things on the surface. So we had a pretty good idea there was probably, if there was a structure intact, it would be in that location. And so uh, the first thing that became clear in the magnetometer and GPR survey was what appeared to be a buried road. Then there were um, at least two circular features, which were we weren't really expecting. Uh, that's not typical of Roman architecture, and, and Paulo can comment more on this. And so it, it's possible those are um, pre-Roman, maybe a, a sub-alpine population that was there before it became Romanized or um, brought into the Roman sphere. But right now it's still all speculative based on our, our, our results. So we knew pretty much what we were looking for because uh, the database uh, uh, 
reaches back into the 16th, even in the 15th century. And so we had 500 years of uh, information that was all scattered and never been really put together or even looked at uh, by uh, scientists, which included some uh, very detailed manuscript information by eyewitnesses who actually saw the Roman town uh, on two different occasions where he, when it was uh, uncovered by flooding. And this information was precise to the extent that we knew, the, in fact, the length and width of the site, uh, uh, which is amazingly large, uh, uh, half the size of Pompeii, according to these data. And um, the landowner who had invited us to, uh, to conduct the survey also took us uh, immediately to what was uh, had been for decades uh, a source of finds like uh, mosaic, glass, pottery, Roman tiles, bones, and so on. And George has mentioned uh, the, this uh, overlay of uh, two different types of structures. Um, the Roman ones were fairly easy to identify because uh, they were higher and they looked very regular and they looked like uh, at right angles and they had uh, sharp angles uh, and they went in a specific direction that almost coincided with the cardinal points. The circular ones were a complete surprise and that was totally uh, unexpected uh, um, because, first of all, they were large. And at first uh, I thought um, that this might be large circular temples or perhaps mausolea. Um, but then uh, the radar told us that those were much deeper than uh, the structures that had right angles. And so we could begin to uh, differentiate between them. and they preceded the Roman ones, and therefore they could only be prehistoric. Uh, but it's the size of the structures that we found that was uh, totally um, you know, unknown, because according to uh, what the instruments have told us, they seem to be in the range of 20 to 30 meters, and you know, it was just a matter of uh, simply measuring even our radar plots to see that they were large, very, very large. Um, but we are pretty convinced that they, that they are prehistoric, and that pushes uh, the site uh, back uh, towards uh, the Neolithic period. That's the earliest uh, time period they could belong to. We're talking about 7,000 years ago before present. Uh, but they could also go down all the way to the end of the Bronze Age. So we have um, a range of uh, almost 4,000 years to date the circular structures, which is uh, uh, extremely significant, and we have half a dozen sites with similar structures that have been excavated by the Italians, and, and they tend to be rather elliptical or oval or circular huts. Um, for the first time, we now know that there is a, a substantial settlement of urban dimensions between two major cities in that part of northern Italy. And we have evidence already from what we've found and what we've seen uh, in the farmer's finds that this is a town that was there for 500 years at least. We think that based on uh, everything we know about uh, the area, that the name of uh, the town may have been Dripsinum because uh, this is the name of the pre-Roman population that lived there. And we know this because of um, ancient literary sources. We strongly believe that this may be, you know, the name of uh, of the site uh, may have been the name of the site in antiquity, 
And of course, it's only excavation that could um, uh, corroborate this uh, because uh, only an inscription or some kind of textual evidence uh, would really allow us to say, yes, this was the name of, uh, of the city. However, it's better than nothing, and uh, certainly it's uh, the most plausible candidate for, for the ancient name. So you know, hopefully it will be on the maps <laughs> from now on. Thanks for listening, and thanks to the College of Arts and Sciences, the Department of Anthropology, and the College of Fine Arts for making this podcast possible.